0: Hello and welcome to Leader's Call to Adventure, the show for those that take the road less traveled. I'm Lori Ference. In this episode, I'm talking to Bobby Nickel Cote. I first crossed paths with Bobby on Facebook via a mutual friend. When I first friended her, she was known as Bob Nickel, an ultra runner that was receiving some notoriety for running particularly challenging races with bare feet. One day I noticed that Bob had basically pointed people over to a new Facebook page uh, under the name Bobby Nickel and was officially coming out, allowing the world to know her for who she'd always known herself to be. A very courageous individual, very inspiring in many ways, a true leader. Bobby is roe to her two amazing boys. She's the wife of an amazing man, daughter to loving parents, sister to her siblings, aunt and supportive friend to many far and wide. She works in the building engineering field as a project manager, and also sits on the board for the Manitoba Runners Association, the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority, Emergency Patient Care Council. And she's assisting nursing courses with education on transgender awareness and care. Bobby hails from Winnipeg, Manitoba, which, to us Canadians, is known as one of the cool places in Canada, especially in the winter. But I've also heard some good things about it, and that's where we start our conversation, asking Bobby about Winnipeg.
1: It is a gorgeous city. Yeah. It, it really is worth visiting.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: if if you like cold, it's it's awesome in the winter. This is just this time of year. We always get about three, three, three weeks of really cold weather
2: yeah. a
1: year. And then the rest of it's pretty moderate. It's not that bad. But summers here, where you know we're average temperature is about twenty seven degrees Celsius, right. which is I don't know ninety.
0: Right, I think. right, 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 yeah, just for yeah. our friends south of the border that don't, you know, that don't always know that we have actual summers here in Canada,
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, like, we get it, with the humidity, we're well over 40 degrees, which is well over 100, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it's, you know, it is, it is what it is, this is, it, and the city is just, is, is incredible, because of the fact it's got everything here, right. like, we don't, we only have a population of about 800,000, which
0: is not... a good size. Yeah,
1: it's a decent size, yeah. but we've got our own ballet, we've got our own symphony, we've got professional hockey team, professional football team, professional baseball team. We have uh, uh, the Human Rights Museum here, which is uh, an international... Uh, museum. We've got, uh, you know, we've got we've got art galleries here. We've got some of the best restaurants here, like unbelievable restaurants here. Every nationality you can think of. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's crazy here. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I love this city. Now,
0: you didn't grow up in Winnipeg, did you? You grew up in Alberta, is that right?
1: I grew up in Cold Lake, basically from the time I started grade one through till I graduated in grade 12. Right. I lived in Cold Lake. Right. I. Yeah, I moved here in 1993. I'm not aging myself or anything. No, it's
0: okay, <laughs> <laughs> you can age me too. I think I'm older than you, so no worries. <laughs>
1: uh, I've got a few year, extra years. I graduated a few years before that, so yeah. but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all good.
0: Yeah. So, what took you out to to Manitoba? Then was it work or?
1: Uh, it's kind of a long story, but I moved. I moved to Calgary when I after I graduated to go to uh, secondary education. Right. I didn't do so well in that, so I got out of school and I went. I joined the military, oh. and then that didn't last so long. I blew my knees out, and uh, I ended up going back to Alberta and uh, moved back. Went. Back to Cold Lake for my surgeries and to recover from that. Then I moved back to Calgary. And uh, then um, I moved out here for two reasons. One was for work and one was to get – well, actually three reasons. One, to get away from what I was dealing with there. And uh, also to get kind of get back together with my ex at that time. So, mm-hmm.
0: Right. And what were you dealing with in Calgary?
1: um well i started to transition back then <laughs> okay yeah and that 19 if you can imagine you in 19, your 20s
0: or something like yeah, that yeah i was yeah.
1: in my early 20s so yeah. And uh, if you can imagine, 92, 93, not the most uh, welcoming for anything like that. Right, so,
0: especially in Alberta, I know, because yeah. I, I grew up there too, right? So I understand. Oh. Yes, <laughs> and I do. I grew up just in a little town just outside of Calgary as well. So. Which town? Uh, Strathmore.
1: I know Strathmore yeah, very well. Yeah. I, I put up a grocery store there. No kidding. About, what, 12 years ago?
0: Which it, grocery store is that?
1: the extra foods I used oh. to design all the uh all the the I better not say this too loudly because they're in a lot of trouble recently yeah. but uh because of bread uh-huh. but right, for Loblaws right, right. I used to I used to uh do all their uh, I was their their architectural contact I took care of all their design work and and putting their stores up so wow
0: so yeah. you were all over the province then
1: Okay. All over, everywhere, from Vancouver Island to Thunder Bay, and then oh. up north to Yellowknife and uh, Whitehorse.
0: Well, how did you how did you land in that career? Then you said you you know whatever your college didn't go so well and military, etc. Now, how did you get into what
1: you're doing now? Um, <laughs> my life is so complicated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, that's what makes it interesting. Yeah,
1: apparently. Yeah. Um, when I when I moved out to Winnipeg, I was working for a company called 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. I used to run their stores years ago. Oh. And uh, I did that for a number of years. And that was one of the reasons why I came out here. There was more opportunity in Winnipeg than there was in Calgary. Okay. And um, I ended up, uh, after a while, I ran some stores for them for, I think, until 90, 98 Mm-hmm. I think I ran stores for them. And then um, they started taking away the power of them. They took away my bonus and they took away my profit sharing. Oh, uh, yes. That was over half of my salary. Mm. So needless to say, I wasn't very happy about that. So I decided to go back to school. So I went back to school at a tech school here called Red River College. Okay, yeah. And it took an architectural drafting course. Mm. Just because I enjoyed drawing and I thought it was kind of neat, so mm-hmm. I took it and I excelled. I got hired on by an uh, an architectural firm here locally, mm-hmm. and uh, within about four months, I was running their projects because I have a I have a business background mm-hmm. and I have a, a management background.
2: Right.
1: So uh, I went in to learn how to draft, and within a year, I wasn't drafting anymore, and I was running their their uh one of their major their biggest clients mm-hmm. so that's that's how i got into that and wow. then i just
0: yeah yeah and so of, you've been doing the the same sort of line of work ever since is that right you bet yeah you bet
1: so you found years.
0: you found your place you like it
1: Oh yeah, I love it. I, yeah. I totally enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I work for an engineering company now instead mm-hmm. of an architectural firm because mm-hmm. I get to make more money, Yeah, <laughs> which is always a bonus. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I enjoy it. I love it. I uh, you never know what I'm going to get every day. Everything changes and it's fast paced, which I enjoy and makes me use my brain. So
0: yeah, and you get which, to go out to different sites and meet different people. And
1: You bet. Right. I've been... And lucky enough, I've got buildings all over the world now oh, in wow. those twenty years. So wow, wow! Yeah,
0: well, it sounds like a great career.
1: I'm happy with it. yeah. So. yeah.
0: Now you and I um, crossed paths initially through the ultra running scene. Um, I think you were friends with a friend of mine or something like that, and I probably caught my eye because you were a barefoot ultra runner yes and how did you get into all that were you always athletic I mean people always ask me you know like have you been how long have you been running and you know the whole thing right and yeah and uh you know some people it's a long journey some people running their whole lives and others not so much right so what's your story with that
1: I'm one of those not so (laughs) much as I started running about 10 years ago um it's kind of an interesting story. My life is full of interesting stories. Um, I was, uh, I, I guess you could say I was athletic. I played a lot of hockey when I was younger, soccer, baseball, all that type of stuff. Um, but it was usually sports that didn't involve a lot of running, actually. In soccer, I, I, I played nets and hockey. I, I'm on skates. It's a Similar motion, but not quite the same. Uh, baseball. I was the back catcher, so mm. <laughs> you know I usually morphed to positions that I didn't have to run because I really didn't like it. Right. Um, so I did that for well through mo- all my my uh, youth, and um, uh, in my, we'll say mid thirties. Uh, I'm not dating myself here again or anything, mm. but. Um, in my mid-30s, I uh, my ex at the time, she had accidentally went and joined this or went out to this running club that she thought was a serious running club. Mm-hmm. And, well, they kind of are, um, called the Hash House Harriers. And if you're not familiar with them, they are a group that, that define themselves as a drinking club with a running club problem
0: right yeah i think i actually yeah. might have hung out with them a bit in switzerland <laughs> oh no, that's
1: you, totally possible yeah, they're all over the world i'm so.
0: sure i did because it was a way of getting to meet some people you know expats and stuff like that and and they exactly right and and then yeah and getting to know some people and it's, it's a whole social thing right as well oh, Completely. So, was it for you the social thing or was it you know the running for me both
1: for me, it was the beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, as, as I had mentioned, my ex found this group, and it wasn't her thing, but yeah. she figured that I would enjoy it because I didn't mind having the occasional beer. So she figured that'd be a good way for me to get active again. Yeah. So I uh, ended up going out to this. A friend of ours uh, was having her birthday, and she was also a member of this club, so after so some hoeing and humming I decided, Oh well, I'll go out and then lease comes to lease. you know, it can't they can't run that far, can they? Mm. So, um, I went out and um it was they run five kilometers. And they usually do a bunch if you're, well, if you're kind of familiar with it, but in case you're not, they do, they basically, they've got one person who sets a trail, whether it's live or preset, and they go, This is
0: coming back to me now. Yeah.
1: And they do funny stuff along the trail, like calisthenics and uh, singing songs, and they'll have what they call a drink stop, or Uh two, or three, or four, (laughs) type thing where you drink a beer, or, whatever. And, um, that was what I was intrigued by. So I went out for that reason. And after the first mile, I, I was starting to get really grumpy because I hadn't been given any beer yet. So, and I was not a runner at all. Um, I was ready to kill people because I felt I was dying and I figured this wasn't fair anymore. And this particular local club has some really interesting members. They've got everything from Boston marathoners to uh, walkers to ultra runners to people who are out just for fun to really competitive runners. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the trail, we went back, they do their their naughty songs, we'll call them, and... Uh, Give everybody down downs, which is where they hand out the beer for people to drink, et cetera. It's called their punishment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I kind of got hooked on the social aspect of it. I was a very much an introvert, and I mean really was an introvert. That's I was so per-
0: funny I mean I would never guess I would have never guessed that about you, even you know when i because back then when i when we friended each other on Facebook. You were Bob Nickel, right? Yes. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you look like this really cool guy, right? You know, with the tattoos and, you know, running there barefoot and wearing interesting things. You looked like somebody that was comfortable in their own skin and was okay to be different. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess that wasn't your personal experience, was it?
1: no it's funny how that works out hey eh? yeah. I, I used all that like you take away the running if I if you would have just met me if I wasn't working or if I wasn't running as I got more and more into it right. I was the proverbial sit in the corner at the dance type person that stared at people that wow. was me
0: wow so, it's so different it's so yeah. different than but it's not you right that wasn't you was it
1: No, it wasn't me. Um, Mm -hmm. I was hiding. I really was. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to do was to uh, have people find out who I was. Right. I was really scared about that because I figured what little people that I did have in my life I would lose.
0: Right.
1: So uh, I just sort of kept pushing it down and pushing it down until I uh, ended up running to scobia for the first time and got hurt Uh and uh I had no distractions anymore and that seems really strange and a lot of people kind of look at me and go well what do you mean you didn't have distractions before you started running no I didn't but it hadn't really gathered to a point where I needed the distraction again so
0: that's really interesting I think we need to you know kind of just pause and and think about that a little bit and look at that now to Scobia, maybe just tell people what that is, because there are going to be people in, in the audience that are ultra runners and, and have heard of it before, but there are going to be people that have nothing to do with ultra running and don't know what that is. So tell us yeah. a bit about that race.
1: Okay. To Scobia, it's uh it's a winter ultra marathon. Uh, it's held in Wisconsin, usually within the first week or two of January. Yeah. Uh, so you can imagine it's pretty frigid. Uh, it's basically uh, the full race when the first time I ran it was 150 miles along the Tuscovia State Trail, which is an old train bed. Wow. So um, it's a, at that, that year, it was a 75 mile out and back. You basically run between... But anyway, you run from one town to the other and you're basically running the old uh, train bed from between those two towns. Mm-hmm. Actually, Rice, Rice Lake is a city. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unsupported. They Whoa, have, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, you have to it, pull a
0: sled, is that right? You
1: have to pull a sled because you have mandatory gear that you have to haul with you, right. and, which also includes your food and, and any water that you may think you may need for that trip. Yeah. Um, they do... Do you have an one aid station, a check-in point, halfway point of that 75 miles. And then, obviously, when you hit the 75 miles before you turn around and come back, yeah. there's another, obviously, there's another station there that you have right. a check-in. in also check-in running, that's all,
0: relatively unsupported because we're used to having oh, our aid stations so. every 10 kilometers or so, right? Exactly.
1: So, yeah. But they do have bars and stuff that are totally open along the route. Oh! So... I guess technically you could stop, but they're not going to feed you unless you have money. Right, so.
0: right. So you're not hanging out at the bar on the way there back exactly. too much. Exactly. Yeah. Well,
1: some people do.
0: Right, right. Well, if they're the hash house harrier type, then, you know, yeah. they might be checking exactly. out the scene on the way for sure. What happened at that race? You got injured?
1: I got injured. Uh that race, when it started, it would have been just around the zero, uh, zero mark, mm-hmm. Celsius, I guess. Okay. I don't know. I can't remember. It was warm. Yeah. It was warm enough that I was sweating quite profusely. Mm-hmm. And you have to pull this sled full of gear, which is usually between 20 to 25 pounds. I think mine was 25 pounds. Um, and you're hooked up to a harness and you you kind of pull it like you're a horse basically oh, that's the whole point <laughs> so you do that for 150 miles oh. so, and as you can well you're pulling on snow sometimes you got good snow sometimes you don't sometimes you get to ride it like a toboggan down the the one lovely hill they've got there that goes right across a, a set of train tracks that the train doesn't slow down and is doing about 60 miles an hour so oh. you got to time it right boy <laughs> 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 There's lots of fun stuff in that race.
0: Now were you uh, barefoot? Were you how far were you going with that? Were you actually wearing what was your what were you wearing on your feet for that race?
1: For that race yeah. I wore a pair of mucklucks. Oh wow. Which if you're not familiar of what those are, those are basically Aboriginal mm-hmm. um winter footwear. Right. So that's what I wore. There's no they're not running shoes.
0: Yeah. And so
1: yeah I, I wore that
0: and were you were you used to like I mean with absolutely no support in the feet right it's just basically insulation between your foot and the ground um, just to keep you warm really yeah.
1: right exactly basically yeah. the ones I had they're homemade they're they were yeah. uh, they're, they're custom made for my feet oh. and it was basically just deer hide and a little bit of lamp for a lamb down on the inside and that's mm-hmm. it
0: yeah, and did so. you did your feet adapt to that? Did your soles oh, yeah. get tougher?
1: Uh, soles. Uh, it, it, that's another interesting thing. Is that your my feet were not calloused or anything like that. When Ooh. you run barefoot, think about you're getting you're constantly getting pedicures, right. so you have really super soft feet. Oh, but they get so used to it. Like my feet used to basically. I used to kind of explain it like I morphed. My feet would like gel around whatever I was running over, hmm. and you just, you just learn to 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 run more softer and light. So, so
0: your feet weren't calloused.
1: Nope, not at all. Oh. They still aren't. Wow. <laughs> so I, I've never I haven't had a callus on my on my feet since I started running.
0: Is so. that ever interesting? You know, because for me, wearing shoes as an ultra runner, right? I have these calluses. And I, I have them with pride because I think that they're protecting my feet when it's probably just they're protecting my feet from the shoes that I'm wearing, right? More than it.
1: Well, probably, yeah.
0: More than anything else. Yeah, wow, is that ever interesting. So you you say you got injured at that race?
1: Yeah, I got injured about, about uh, 60 miles in. Um, I, okay, to go back, I was using a borrowed set of harness or a harness and a, and a borrowed what they call it's a pulk is oh, what it's yes, actually called, right, right. but it's like a sled. Yeah. Um, so I had borrowed these, and the guy that I had borrowed them off, he, a little bigger than I was. Okay. So it didn't fit me properly. Uh-huh. So with every step, the the sled would pull, and then the harness would come off my abdomen, and then it would slam back in. Oh. So you can imagine the damage that that would Ooh, do after sixty miles. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. had a pretty. I had. I had, not quite so much anymore. I had a really good core. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, still, not it's not bad now. But anyway, so but after sixty miles, I had done some pretty significant damage to my uh, to my abdomen. Mm-hmm. Not that I really knew it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually pulled out of the race because I frostbitten my nose. Oh. Yeah, the temperature dropped overnight mm-hmm. down to about minus forty degrees Fahrenheit or wow. minus forty Celsius. So wow! Wow! From
0: zero to yeah. that overnight. Exactly. Oh. so
1: it 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 was pretty bad. So yeah. I ended up, especially
0: uh, if uh, you're uh, sweating uh, and stuff like that, then all of a sudden the temperature drops and you're cold. Exactly. Right. Yeah.
1: So I ended up pulling out at at this in this town called. Birchwood, where mm-hmm. the race had another checkpoint, had mm-hmm. set up a checkpoint at a hotel. Yeah. So luckily, I was able to get warm after that. Okay. But uh I ended up pulling out because of the frostbite on my nose. Right. I didn't. I didn't want to lose my nose.
0: No, of course not. But that's not something you usually think of in an ultra. Is like you know pulling no. because your nose is. <laughs> that's you know. Was,
1: at the time, I thought I was I was perfectly fine. Yeah. I was uh, I'd been running for. Or not running, more of a power walk actually with a little bit of running in, in there, not very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for 60 miles and I made it through the night and when I stopped off there, I looked I looked at my nose in the mirror and I went, oh, that's oh, not good. Oh. And coming from up north, I yeah. know very well about what frostbite can do. Right. So I decided to, to pull and, and stop.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I ended up uh, uh, going back to the start and as i said i can't remember what the name of the town was um and uh waiting for my my friend and partner in crime that year sue lucas who is just one hell of a ultra runner
0: mm-hmm.
1: she actually won the six or the 150 race outright
0: uh-huh. um
1: by quite a few hours
0: that same year
1: that same year yeah wow but anyway, uh, so as we were coming back to Winnipeg from Wisconsin, um, I was having some serious issues with my abdomen. I couldn't, I was getting into some serious pain. And then by the time I made it back to Winnipeg, I couldn't deal with it anymore. So I ended up going to the emergency room and I found out that I actually had minor tears in my, my abdomen muscles
0: oh.
1: from the damage. And so. you
0: hadn't felt it though until? Nope. In the car. Until
1: then. Yeah. Hmm. It, There was no, until the drive home. Right. So I was totally taking it back. And I was actually on a run, runs, daily run streak for, I don't know, 300, 400, 500 days when this had happened. Mm -hmm. And so I, doctor pretty much told me this, you're not running until this heals because you're going to be in so much pain if you do, or you're just going to keep doing more damage to it. So.
0: Oh, I took some time off Interesting. And
1: no distraction
0: and no distraction stuff. no distraction
1: yeah so life just took a big bunch of turmoil and, from uh, that point so
0: what happened describe the process you're not running because I know how it is you know I did my first 100 miler this year right and mm-hmm. I went through this phase afterwards of like, well, you know, you always hear this as an ultra runner. I'm sure you've heard this before yourself. It's like, well, why are you running so much? Like, what are you running from? I mean, it's the
1: classic question, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. sure, well, you know. in my instance, yeah. <laughs> I was running from two things I was running from me, and then I was also just trying to forget. I used it as my I use it as my piece. Um, it was my spiritual event. I'm not religious. It was more the trail was kind of my my thing. You're that in was good my company here, my lace. friend.
0: You're in good company.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what I use the trail for. Yeah. I once I fell in love with running ultras, yeah. uh, that's when it started. So Uh, That was my way of getting away Mm -hmm. and to forget about everything that was going on. And and so I used that to do that. Well, did you really
0: forget about everything that was going on?
1: No, it was always there. Uh, But I didn't have to worry about thinking about it.
0: But when you're out on the trail, you're out on the trail. I mean, there's a lot of time to think, isn't there?
1: You bet. But I'm in, I'm enveloped. Is that the word for it? I can't Mm -hmm. even, yeah, I was in nature. So that was my distraction. It's peace.
0: But it's not really a distraction, is it? I mean, I think of this myself too. It's not really a distraction because you really do feel at peace, right? And you feel 100% yourself and you feel connected to every, everything around you. Right. So it's, it's, I I think, you know, it allows you to feel who you are, but then the concept of life. Okay. So explain that to me. What, what, why not?
1: Well, when, at least with me, the longer I ran, the more I hurt from the pain and everything else. And when I, when I say it was like a distraction for me is that. I had other things to worry about. I, I could look around and I could see nature. Uh, I didn't think about what was the turmoil that was going on in my head. My focus was on putting one foot in front of the other, going and going and going and repeat and repeat and repeat yeah. until I was done. Yeah. And then by that time I was so damn tired, I never had to worry about anything. And then I ran every day same okay. so it was the same thing and I just found other and more interesting events to run mm-hmm. or I would take a cause up and run for charity or uh, I' create a charity or whatever like yeah. I just I, I was able to utilize the running to to uh, kind of put the other stuff that was that was uh, there away
0: and what was the other stuff that was there and would it come out at all or was it Oh, yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah? And, and, yeah and it would. How, how, how was it coming out before that?
1: Oh, well, well, as I had mentioned, I traveled a lot for work. Yeah. So I would have, I would become me when I went away. Mm-hmm. Like when I wasn't working, like because I'd be away for a couple of days or whatever. Yeah. So I would go turn into myself and I'd go out and have that release. For enough to allow me to continue on with, with uh everything else when I got back for a period of time. And now what that, does that release mean? It.
0: What did that release mean to you? What did that look like?
1: Um just being able to be myself, not have to be so guarded, not have to be uh not have to worry about being judged. Um oh, it's kinda hard to explain. Um just be myself
0: and how would that look different just somebody like observing you you know that knew you then right and just kind of a regular say work environment life environment to somebody that's away on the business trip like how would that person look different to you if you wasn't you it was just somebody if it wasn't me if it if wasn't I you. was yeah uh
1: I don't know I guess the easiest way to explain it would probably be someone at peace with who they were does that kind of make sense Mm. um was there behavior
0: was your behavior different um
1: no not really uh, other than the fact that i was a little bit more outgoing (laughs) yeah yeah but uh um as i said it's really hard to explain um i 'm just trying to think word to way way to actually explain it
0: did it have to do with your gender identity at that oh, point yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah,
1: completely yeah yeah i I knew from a very young age that I was different
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, didn 't quite understand it, uh, started exploring it a little bit when I moved to Calgary uh, after I got out of the military. Uh started to transition back in ninety. Like taking hormones? In- no, no. I was looking for someone to help me with that. Okay. But by starting transitioning, mean more out there. I guess if you were not familiar with that, then mm-hmm. you could say I started to dress like a woman. Right. <laughs> I guess. Right. And I would go out as me. Mm-hmm. So, um, hormones... Are an added bonus uh mm-hmm. i didn't real I wasn't really worried about that I didn't really know much about that. I knew yeah. that i there was definitely something inconsistent I'm not gonna say wrong because I'm not wrong i'm me mm-hmm. so uh but um, there was something inconsistent my my body on the outside said one thing my heart my brain um Everything else, my emotions, said something completely different.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it was a huge struggle for me um, back in Calgary in in Alberta in 1992
2: mm-hmm.
1: when I first started exploring all this stuff. Um, not a great time for anything like that. Yeah. There was no doctors around that would help that. or understood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and in a way would help Mm -hmm. believe me i asked a few yeah Um, and what was
0: the response what did you encounter
1: you're crazy Uh uh-huh uh we'll need to send you to a psychiatrist or psychiatrist get you on medication and did you go no because you knew you weren't crazy i knew i wasn't crazy yeah i knew i was different i didn't know to what extent But at that time, it was still a a kind of a feeling out process. So uh, I uh, was living with a friend at the time. It's really funny. A guy I went to school with when I was younger. Um, I lived with him and he didn't know (laughs) at all. It Mm -hmm. was quite interesting. Um, I would go to work. And I would go out as me. Mm-hmm. And I ended up dating a guy for about a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was in 93, 92. Uh, I don't know. Mid-92 through mid-93, I guess. Now, in your
0: own mind, r- around your gender identity at that time, did you identify as bisexual? or Like, did you how did you put all that together in your own mind at that point?
1: I couldn't even begin to explain how I put that together. I just knew that I was, I, I guess you could say kind of bisexual. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't really attracted to women. Mm -hmm. I was more attracted to men, which kind of confused me a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I knew it was more right. But, There was also growing up there. I knew that that would probably not go over very well. Definitely not.
0: (laughs) Definitely not military, cold lake. No, No. definitely not. (laughs) No. So
1: I never explored that when I was when I was younger, obviously.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, I grew up with one guy. I knew that. was gay, mm-hmm. and uh, I know how he was treated, so there was just no way.
0: But did you that, see, like, did, did you ever think, like, I'm gay too? Did that ever come to um, you, or did you think... No, no, because
1: I never saw myself as a guy. <sighs> I, I know that may sound strange to a lot of people, but I never did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I always thought that there was just something wrong with how I looked on the outside. On the outside. Yeah.
0: Because on the inside, you always felt that you... Were a female.
1: Oh yeah. I was the the, the proverbial. Um, <laughs> my sister. She knows all about this now. I used to steal my sister's clothes. All the time. Dress when I could. I used to. If I had the opportunity. To go shopping.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would. Um,
0: and did your sister talk
1: to you about this? Uh my sister found out in a couple of years. She was one of the. She was the first one in my family that I told. Yeah. Which would have been I don't know when the heck did I? I think this is year three coming up that yeah. I've been out. So.
0: But so you never yeah. told her back then. Back. in No the God, early no. 90s. No
1: one knew. It was just me. Yeah. So just yeah. me. It's my own burden to to, to deal with. So
0: when you went when you were in Calgary and you were you know trying to be who you are exploring exploring it all and I guess you you didn't have some good experiences and then or what what no. made you think no forget this I'm not you know I'm pushing this down
1: well as I had mentioned I had dated a guy mm-hmm. for about a year yeah. uh, I thought it was going very fairly well well uh, I thought it was. I was like, when when I wasn't at home, that's where I was. And I wasn't at work. So we used to go out and everything else like that. And yes, I would dress as me. Yeah. And uh, he seemed very comfortable with it. And uh, how much detail do you want?
0: Well, as much as you <laughs> feel comfortable giving. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, the summer of 93, before I moved out to Winnipeg, I was dating this gentleman and uh, we went out one night and uh, he was feeding me alcohol pretty good. Ended up going back and as I had dated this guy for a year mm-hmm. so I thought I knew him quite yeah. well. Yeah. So he ended up, we ended up going back to his place and lo and behold uh, he had four friends there. Oh. And I, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, so that pretty much crushed me, to yeah. say the least. Uh, it almost actually, I, I was at the point that I almost committed suicide oh. because it was not a good scene for me, to mm-hmm. say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it just so happened when I was in the process of doing that, of of doing that, I got a phone call from uh, the girl that I had dated in high school. Mm-hmm. And she had an issue that she needed help with. Yeah. So I was able to, and I, uh, uh, what the hell, I had a gun in my hand at the time and I was actually just about to pull the trigger. So this is how much detail you're going to get. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, the phone rang. And for some reason, I picked it up. I don't know why. I still don't really can't answer why I did, but I did. Mm. and it was it was her on the other end, and uh she had a huge problem at the time and uh she needed help yeah and I knew that she did, and I was able to take my focus off of me yeah and put it onto her
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh that pulled me back
0: yeah, gave you purpose and reason gave to, me
1: purpose yeah to yeah. help somebody else. So I came out to Winnipeg to help her through her situation, and uh, a, a friend of ours was getting married back in Cold Lake, actually. So we made the plan to drive out to Cold Lake, so she had her problem was was solved, and uh, well, not solved, it was taken care of for the time being. Mm-hmm. And we went out to Cold Lake and watched our friend get married and then I drove her back to Winnipeg and I came back to, to Calgary and um, I found out that they needed uh, people in Winnipeg that with the company that I was working with at the time, which was Seven Eleven, 11 And uh, we made up this big plan that uh, I would move out there and I would move in with her mm-hmm. and we would try again. Yeah, and so that's what happened. And uh, I moved out to Winnipeg to here, and I uh, started working. And we lived together. I pushed everything down. That mm-hmm. was the thing with uh, this. That after I decided that I was going to help, I figured you know what, this was meant to be because this wouldn't have happened if it didn't. If it didn't. If it wasn't meant to happen, it wouldn't have happened. So yeah. I ended up. Uh, moving out there, as I said, we ended up living together for a year, and I pushed everything down and tried to forget about everything again. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, but did you love we, her? Uh,
1: I did, and I still do. Yeah. Uh, uh, not in that way, though. Yeah. But I, but I did love her absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like she, uh, I'm attracted to people. Yeah. Yeah. not gender. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the easiest way to put it. I do prefer guys. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was attracted to, I was attracted to her. Yeah. So, and I did love her. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like we were together for the last year of high school. Yeah. And she moved out to Winnipeg. I moved to Calgary. So we were kind of separated for a few years. And I figured, you know what? Obviously, the guy thing is not going to work for me, so well, let's go back to... what
0: after what you'd been through, right? It was harsh, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. so uh, I uh, decided to just push everything down and try to be the best, in quotes, mm-hmm. uh, guy that I could be, Yeah. even though I knew it wasn't me. But mm-hmm. I figured it was better to be alive and uh, loved mm-hmm. than dead or not loved. Right. So, we ended up getting married, and uh, we had a couple boys. I have a 17-year-old son who's turning 18 this year, wow. and I have a 10-year-old boy who's turning 11 this year <laughs> in in March. <laughs> so, uh, and we were married for, well, pretty much 20 years yeah. before we ended up before all this turmoil hit
0: and so when it did i i know you've said before that it was a total surprise to her right it was yeah like complete do you think there was something oh, that she, com- she knew at, at any level whatsoever and was pushing it down to or was it really no she really had no idea?
1: no she had she had no idea um when i went away i would pack a what i called a to-go bag and yeah. i used to keep it out Oh, I had it usually had it hidden very well well one time I didn't quite have it so hidden okay. I've put it I put it in the garage and she found it when she went looking for beach beach stuff mm-hmm. so she found my bag okay
0: and then what so,
1: well <laughs> this is may sound pretty pathetic well no, it's it's not because it's my life mm-hmm. um she found the bag and she confronted me that night. She thought I was having an affair. Oh, okay. Uh, because it was filled with, with women's clothing and, and yada yada. Yeah. So uh, trying to explain to your spouse that, no, those six-inch heels are not anyone. Those are mine. I, I, I wear those. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a, a very comfortable conversation. No. But it was one that needed to be had. So.
0: And what, yeah. and what was her reaction?
1: shock um confusion yeah. well your your partner for 20 years yeah husband right um the father of your two kids mm-hmm. tells you that he's not who he says he is right not who he that's, says he is yeah, yeah. that's uh, pretty traumatic and uh i don't know i was still trying to i think i kind of I don't know. I'm still in the back of my mind, think that I located the bag, so she would find it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Somehow, yeah.
0: yeah. You wanted to, do you want to end all that, with. yeah, yeah.
1: But that happened before Tuscobia.
0: Oh, it happened before Tuscobia. <laughs> that, that happened.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay. Ever. So okay. As you can see, things were mounting. Yeah, we were we were still together when I when I told her. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, that happened the year before during the summer okay. that she found the bag that yeah. she found out about me. Yeah. So we went to some therapy and uh-huh. stuff like that to try to figure it like out. Like marriage s-
0: counseling sort of thing? Yeah, like, yeah.
1: more or less. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I went to some counseling. She went to some counseling. We were trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, yeah, it's really weird. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm selfish, but all of a sudden, I wasn't the only one that knew anymore. Mm. <laughs> As you can imagine, that was very releasing. Very
0: freeing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh,
1: and that circle slowly expanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of close friends were let in on the secret. And uh, then a couple more. And I explored a little more. I did a little bit more research. I found a, a local group here at what the a transgender support group here mm-hmm. that I started going to that learning a little more because
0: do most it, communities have that? Like bigger cities have transgender support
1: groups. Yes, they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would say pretty much most of them do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's been one, something in the, how many you know years do you think this has been in existence?
1: Uh, Well, I know the one here in Winnipeg locally has been going for probably 15 years. Mm-hmm. There was obviously it wasn't called transgender because transgender is kind of more of a newer term.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: Transsexual was used, which is kind of a wrong term because really it has nothing to do with sex. Right. And that's why the transsexual notation has kind of come off and they tried to go to transgender. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't. Personally, like the term, which right. I had mentioned the the other day, yeah. uh, it's not really, like, I, I'm me. Yeah. Uh, my name is Bobby. Um, I, I, I always believe that believed that I was female from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I just, unfortunately, was stuck with the wrong body.
0: Wrong body, yeah. And then try to uh, make a life work out of that situation. Out of that, exactly.
1: Yeah. It's not yeah. been easy, but I've managed.
0: Yeah. So your wife knew the year before. Right? She knew and well you, before Tuscobia about six months before Tuscobia. Before, so then yeah. you were trying to work it out and stay together, to, and, yeah. and all that. And then Tuscobia happened, and you were just, injured. And then you were like, "Okay, that's I, I can't do this anymore."
1: Yeah, it was it, the focus. I was not able to, to put my focus anywhere else. Mm. My my everything that just exploded. Like literally exploded. Um,
0: like you were just done with that whole
1: sort of, I don't know. I was done with hiding. Hiding, yeah. Uh, as I had said, uh, after the summer and my that circle slowly expanded, uh, some real sp- good friends here locally were let known. Um, not many, but a few, and then I sort of. Reached out of my comfort zone and ended up talking with some running friends of mine that I had known online or had met um, previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of went out on a limb and told a few of them, and I kind of created a support network for myself that slowly expanded. And as I was telling, it took more a lot of
0: courage, know, though. I mean, you know, oh, just, it
1: did. Yeah. But a lot. The one great thing with being on online mm-hmm. with some of these people, they know you, but yeah. they don't know you, right? Yeah. And they're not local, so you don't see them every day. And if I lost some of them, mm-hmm. it was not uh, the end of the world, right? So, and I ended up getting some really good friendships out of it. I've got uh, certain people, actually. Who you had talked to? Uh, we had talked about this a little earlier when I said that I forgot my my uh, headset mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the office. Yeah, Andy. He yep. was one that I had told fairly early mm-hmm. in. Uh, he's from Texas. And, and what? And uh, what? And
0: what was people's reactions? Are they? I don't care. You're great. You know,
1: support. I, and, yeah. Generally, it was support, which yeah. really surprised me. I didn't expect that at mm-hmm. all. I expected so much. When I when when I told my wife mm-hmm. at the time, I honestly figured she was gonna kick my butt mm-hmm. out of the house and uh, disown me, yeah. and I thought I would have been done. But she showed enough support to me to help me figure it out, and I still am very grateful for that. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, well, not unfortunately, because actually I'm very fortunate now. Um, it, it just wasn't meant to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I just... Would I like it to be any different? <sighs> yeah. yeah. Nah, no, I don't think so. No, you I think have
0: a I, pretty good life now, right? I, I mean, do. I've yeah. got an
1: amazing life, right. and I cannot be more grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish it could have happened a little differently, that I didn't end up hurting her yeah. as bad as I probably did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I will always feel guilty about. But after 44 years – oh, my God, I'm dating myself again mm-hmm. – after 44 years of, of – being somebody who I was not, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden being able to be me, Mm -hmm. that was so freeing. I just, you can't imagine what that is like to Mm -hmm. be shackled to something that you have no control over Mm
2: -hmm.
1: for that long. And then all of a sudden the chains are gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's probably the easiest way to explain it. I just, I just, I was like, wow, I can't believe this. Like. I'm can finally be me Mm -hmm. and I don't have to pretend. I don't have to be afraid of people finding out. So that circle slowly expanded and uh, early in after Toscobia, probably March Mm -hmm. after I was really going through, I'd I'd done a lot of support groups and all this stuff. And I really made the decision that yes, I just need to be me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, uh, that was when my relationship with my ex slowly started to fall apart. And I'm mostly to blame for that. Uh, she, I'm sure she tried as much as she could to keep the relationship going. I knew she wasn't comfortable with the idea of me becoming me.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, she didn't want to date a woman, mm-hmm. and you know what? Honestly, I didn't either. And I came to that realization. So we slowly started to to break away. I I stayed living at the house, and we started the separation process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh,
0: when did the kids find out? And how was that?
1: That uh, the kids found out about. I'd say two months before I publicly came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an interesting conversation. Uh, I, um, we, we, myself and my ex, sat my boys down or sat our boys down, around the dining room table and uh, tried to explain it as best we could or as best I could. And my oldest son looks at me. Who, as I said, he would have been going on to 15. So it would have been 14 at the time. And he looks at me and goes, dad, I bet you, I know more about transgender people than you do (laughs) Said I've been, I've had a trans friend for the last four or five years going through school. Mm. You didn't know it. I kept that secret Mm. and I've been supporting him female to male. Um, I've been supporting him for the last four or five years. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> and then my youngest, who would have been seven at the time, looks at me and goes, I just have, and he's got this quizzical look on his face and he's mm-hmm. like, he's pondering it. And da 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 da. Kids are awesome, by the yeah. way. And I will say that. Yeah. He looks at me and he goes, I only have one question mm-hmm. What bathroom are you going to use? <laughs> Wow. And I'm like, wow. Oh my god! I, I don't even know how to take this yeah, right. It's just like so right to it. Right to it, and yeah, he—they're uh, both fine with it. There was no oh. issue with it at all.
0: You must have raised great kids. that are really kind of solid in who they were. So they—I mean—was there any of the kind of concern about you know they're going to get teased in school or you know that any of that sort of thing or. Yeah.
1: When none whatsoever no. i transitioned uh my son was in high school uh we didn't advertise mm-hmm. uh i would occasionally my my oldest son was quite uh is quite into, intellectually uh supercharged i guess mm-hmm. you could put it he is quite smart mm-hmm. so he was on the honor roll so i'd end up going to those uh presentations where he'd get his certificate and stuff like that as me yeah that was later on down the road after I had come out uh my youngest son the teachers knew uh parents knew uh his friends knew they would come over of course they see me before they see me now and uh no issue
0: Uh, why do you think that is well first of all history of you know Children suffering the consequences. What are bullying things like this teasing? What was it? Is it a, is it the way you raised your kids, or or what was it?
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh, lucky, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, I just I have two amazing kids. I really mm-hmm. do. And they've got some amazing friends. My youngest son has more girlfriends than he has boyfriends. Mm-hmm so they 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 were just totally amazed with me, mm. and uh their parents I don't know, I don't know what it was, but I just seemed to luck out. I didn't really have any at least not to my face anyway now, whether that was different elsewhere, I have no idea,
2: yeah.
1: uh but not to my face. They treated me just like
2: mm. my
1: son's parent that mm. was it. I would go to school, I'd drop my son off, I'd pick him up after school um I never had any issues with any of the parents. I never had any issues with the kids.
0: Was it ever a concern um, for you, or did it, it just didn't need to be a concern? It was. Yeah.
1: Oh. It was a concern. Of course, it'd be a concern. You know, yeah. you're always concerned how people are going to see you or treat you. Mm-hmm. I will say, I'm fairly fortunate. I'm mm-hmm. five foot four and a hundred and twenty pounds, soaking wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm pretty tiny as mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm and i'm pretty feminine looking Mm -hmm. i guess i I don't like saying that because i really just i look like me yeah Um, Yeah. so i never really got i never really had anybody double look at me Mm -hmm. at all or really concerned about it right um I don't want to toot my own to- my own horn, but I'm, I definitely am a lot cuter girl than I ever was a <laughs> handsome bully. So, uh, but it, yeah, it's weird. And, and it, do you
0: think that that was because I know you talked about this before about the hormones and you had produced yeah. no testosterone and that yeah, well,
1: I I, I did that. produce testosterone, okay. but I, I produced female level testosterone. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I. Don't naturally produce estrogen. Right. So even males produce estrogen. Mm-hmm. I don't. Right. I don't even produce a smidgen of a zero point zero 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 nothing.
0: Would you say that maybe if you had that, you would have been? Yeah. Males?
1: And I had my both. Both of my doctors have said the same thing. That, yeah. They have the sneaking suspicion that uh, gender is developed in the womb. Right. And. Everybody starts as a girl, uh-huh. and depending on how what your your levels of estrogen and, and testosterone will determine what your chromosomes do, and whether you're an XX or an XY or an xxy or a yyx or in many different variations yeah. i don't know what i am i don't know whether i'm an xx or an xy or an xxy or a whatever right all i know is that my actual physical levels of, of estrogen were zero mm-hmm. and i had a such a low amount like i was on the low spectrum of testosterone even for women mm-hmm. But it was enough because it was more than the zero estrogen that really? I produce okay. to turn my body the way it did. Yeah. So yeah. now, as I said, that's just speculation. That's my doctor's opinion. That's my opinion. So who knows? Mm-hmm. I may have still ended up a boy, and it was, or whatever. I, I have no idea to answer that. But yeah. I just once I once they. I didn't even need to take testosterone blockers. They gave them to me just to give the estrogen a kickstart because they wasn't sure how my body was going to react to it because my body never had any in it to begin with. So Mm -hmm. I didn't know how my body was going to deal with it. So what they did is they overloaded me with estrogen and then they kept real close track and they put me on this little tiny uh, dosage of testosterone blocker. Mm -hmm to basically nullify mm-hmm. any production of testosterone mm-hmm. to give the estrogen full reign to do what it does. Mm-hmm. And I changed pretty quickly.
0: Physically. Now, how about emotionally? Physically.
1: Emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always emotional. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I've you didn't always express
0: it as much. Maybe.
1: No, I hit it. Uh-huh. I was, I was a closet person. Mm-hmm. I would do my best to keep it buried down and then and then when I was alone and I'd let it all out Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so uh uh when I started the estrogen and once I became me I didn't have to worry about holding it back anymore so out it came yeah so I was uh yeah Uh, And definitely, the estrogen definitely helped for sure. It definitely made personified the 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 emotions. I would cry at the drop of a hat. Did it make it Uh, difficult to
0: deal with all that?
1: No, not really, because it was me. I Mm. was I I was so happy because I didn't have to hide anymore. Mm -hmm. I was like it just.
0: So, sometimes you're feeling like I mean, with the hormones and stuff, like you're going crazy, you know, <laughs> like getting mad oh, yeah. or moody, right?
1: You know? I can honestly say that I never want to go through menopause symptoms ever again. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I've been unfortunate enough. The one thing when you take estrogen, yeah, because uh, I had none. Right. right. You've got levels. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get up to certain levels, as you hit when women hit. Uh, you, you probably know this, yeah, but yeah. when when women hit menopause, mm-hmm. it's because their estrogen has gone down to a certain, their production has gone down yeah. to a certain level.
2: Right.
1: So as you can imagine, I went from zero
2: up. Mm-hmm.
1: So I hit that level.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is before I went through what we call a uh, female puberty. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I hit,
0: Oh yeah, the menopause before the puberty. Oh God, yes. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. It, wow. As you can
1: imagine, when oh. I went to when I went to Tuscovia the second time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was going through menopause. Oh. And it sucked. Like the hot flashes, mood swings. The hot flashes, mood swings, and the who I went with uh-huh. was also going through menopause. Oh. So it was the pair of us. Oh, it was boy. it was Yeah, we were fighting for air conditioning in in (laughs) minus 30 degree temperatures. Oh, wow. (laughs) It was was a treat, the both of us. We were just having a great old time with that. And uh, so I went through it once there. But when I first started taking the estrogen, of course, everything just exploded. Uh, I started developing uh, prepubescent boobs Mm -hmm. or breasts Mm -hmm. uh, within about a week. Wow. Of starting estrogen, mm-hmm. uh, so I had a really sore chest, yeah. say the least, and I am absolutely amazed, at, and I I have to say I'm so sorry that you have that women have to go through that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My God, uh, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway that happened. And, uh, I went through that and, um, I shrunk. As I said, I'm five, four. Now I mm-hmm. was five, six mm-hmm. be- when I started oh. <laughs> and, uh, I had a size women's 10 foot. Now I have an eight and a half to nine. So oh. my feet shrunk. My hands have, uh, stretched out. I used to have, a uh, I used to have about a, a nine finger, ring finger. Mm-hmm. My ring finger now is about an eight. Mm. And my fingers are stretching out. Uh, everything's slender. How does it feel
0: up. like with the, your body changing it like
1: that? feels right. Mm. I know that may sound really weird. And it doesn't
0: sound weird. It feels it feels right. It feels like that's the
1: way it's supposed to it be. It's, it's the way I should have been to yeah. begin with. Yeah. yeah. My hips have popped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, fat distribution. Mm-hmm. I hate using that word cause I don't think I'm fat, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, fat distribution changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I used to have a, uh, a six pack. I don't mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to keep it, uh, uh, any type of physique is, is really difficult to do well especially when
0: you've got a great uh, your husband's a great cook right <laughs> oh, oh god he's
1: amazing right? he, yeah i keep telling him to settle down on that <laughs> because he's gonna he keep well he, you know, his joke for the longest time was i'm gonna make you 500 pounds so oh you can't run away from me no and i'm like <laughs> 500 pounds, I'll be rolling away from you. Just stop it. (laughs) So I just like, I, yeah, as I said, I'm 120 pounds. I think I'm up to about 130 now. I think
0: you're fine. Yeah,
1: I, 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 I'm comfortable with what I'm at. He still thinks I'm too skinny. I don't know. He's
0: trying to fatten you up still. (laughs) Yeah, so
1: I can't run away. uh, It's so funny. Um, Anyway. Yeah, so with all the body changes, I've had a lot. Uh, I as I was, I wasn't a big guy. I was fairly small, but I was stocky. I was built. Yeah. I had pretty defined arms. I had pretty big shoulders. I had a, a six pack. I had huge muscular legs for someone my size.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And now I've I've slimmed right out. I've got very feminine features. Mm-hmm. Uh, my shoulders have kind of come in a little bit. I've got a chest. I've got hips. I've got, uh, uh, as I said, my feet shrunk. Uh, my face has slendered out and it's a lot softer. Everybody mm-hmm. always compliments me on my skin. On your skin, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, beautiful. My hair has come back. I used to have a uh not a crazy receding hairline, but it was definitely a receding hairline. Mm-hmm. And my hair has come back quite quite well. It's still kind of there, but you know, I, I'm very happy with my hair. Mm-hmm. Um obviously I my voice, this this is my normal voice. Mm-hmm. Uh doing what I did before when I was presenting as a man,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I had to drop my voice. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, it so took me a your while. This is normal
0: voice. You this didn't... is
1: my normal voice. Oh, yeah. uh, it, of course, the musical flowiness stuff. Mm-hmm. It, this is how I normally talk. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that before. And so I oh, had to learn how to drop of that? my Interesting. voice. Interesting.
0: So like, you were yeah. just trying to do something with your voice that didn't feel natural to you oh, before. Oh,
1: God. It sucked. And it took me a while to get out of doing it. Oh. So, to come back, like, yeah, I. this is how I talk. Wow. Of course, when I get mad, I, sometimes my dro- my voice drops still mm-hmm. because that was what I portrayed for so long. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I'm not trying to talk any other way. This no, is me. No, it sounds
0: totally so, normal. It doesn't sound like you're trying to do anything. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it just well, sounds...
1: I, it, it, the funny thing, I like I still get, and I it still blows me away, and people tell me this all the time because of my, the way I talk because I fluctuate so much. and mm-hmm. it. But... Uh, people still I, misgender me on phone every once in a while and they call me mister. And I'm like, mm. really? Mm. Do I sound like a guy? I didn't think I did, but maybe I do whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just correct them. Yeah. Uh, and, but anyway, it's, it, it's, it's funny. I just, it, it, it kind of blows me away when, mm. when that happens. Mm. Cause I, I, and I just think, oh, maybe you just, you're just you just catching my Audrey Hepburn voice. That's all. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I have a question for you regarding, you know, the the Calgary period, right? Where you yeah. tried to transition before. Do you mm-hmm. think that it just wasn't the time, like, socially? I mean, in terms of, like, where we're at as a society and our evolution for you to be able to do that? Like, It is, wasn't
1: the time. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. No, I don't think so. I think if, if I would have succeeded back then, if that traumatic event didn't happen. Yeah. And I would have continued down the path. And I was pretty determined. I mm-hmm. hadn't found a doctor there, but I would have probably found one eventually yeah. to help me. Right. Um, I probably would have be dead right now. Mm-hmm. To okay. be blunt, yeah. I, I don't think I would have survived yeah. because I would have came out. I would have lost all everything. Everybody would have sort looked at me differently. Mm-hmm. I would have lost all my, I would have lost my job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I would have ended up and the unfortunate part, and a lot of people don't get this. Uh, I'm I'm just a person. Trans people are just, and I, I don't like that term. I just use it because everybody it's is familiar with it. That, they can yeah. relate to it.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, but trans people are just people. They're just they're just like everybody else. They're they're not any different than the people next door to them. Just because they look a little different, so what? Who mm-hmm. cares, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But back then that would have been huge detrimental, and I would have lost my job just kind of going off the top of my head. I would have lost my family back then because no one would have understood. I would have lost all my friends. Um, I probably would have ended up homeless. I probably would have ended up on the street. I probably would have ended up prostituting myself out and that's worst case scenario. Or I would have ended up dead. but, and I actually probably would have ended up dead, but, uh, that's the thing that people don't seem to understand and they don't seem to get like we're not I'm not trying to be somebody that I'm not
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and other trans people are not either they're just being themselves mm. just like anybody else wants to be themselves and be comfortable in their own skin that's all we're trying to do yeah. uh, I have no ulterior motive I don't Like, seriously, this is not a choice. Like, I, why in all living, I don't even reason what I want to do this. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Like, why would anybody want to? Why would I want to be ridiculed or potentially ridiculed? I've been very lucky. I will say that. Uh, Why would I want to potentially be ridiculed, hurt, beat up, stared at, uh, potentially killed? Like right. so many trans people are, mm. it's ridiculous. Uh, we're not trying to hurt anybody; mm. just trying to live our lives. And that's my soapbox. Soapbox <laughs> jump on, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's just—I—it I, just blows me away. As I said, I've been very lucky because of my situation.
0: Well, you keep saying that, but I don't know if it's so much luck. I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, I think it has to do with you and your willingness to just be who you are and be transparent about it and be open about it and answer questions and, and be that like, and be strong in that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the weird thing. Uh, in the last, like, yes, I still will. I'll anyway, as a question, I'll answer it. I have no problem. Um, I don't get offended, but I don't advertise that I'm, that I'm, anybody but me right I don't go out of my way and tell people that I'm as I said I hate the term Mm -hmm. I don't tell people I'm trans I'm you know if they figure it out and they and they ask the question yeah I'll tell them sure that's fine uh I still and then there are those
0: that have that knew you before right yeah
1: exactly so there there obviously are those and I'm still meeting people that knew me before and they look at me now and they it 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 it's kind of fun when they realize who be. I am. It
0: must be fun. It is. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it really it, must be fun just to see them it, and just like it makes wow. me snicker. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And especially with what I do, because I'm out on construction sites all yeah. the time. Yeah. Rough and gruff. You would figure that that would be the last place that I want to be. Right. I love it. <laughs> and you know what? With your hard I have head no on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I have no problem with that, and nobody has a problem with me. I have made like I deal with major clients. I deal with government contracts. I deal with uh, um, national clients. Mm-hmm. Nobody has an issue with me. The ones that do know, and the ones that don't. But and I think no a lot judgment. of it's
0: because you don't have an issue with you. People pick that yeah. up, right? Well, maybe. Yeah, because maybe. you are who you are, and you know.
1: Well, I'm very proud of who I am. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm proud of who I've become, finally. I just, I, I love myself. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing to remember. I used to hate myself. I used to never look at myself in the mirror. You'd be, the only time you could see a picture of me was if I was running, or it was running elated. I used to hate getting pictures taken of myself. I had very few family shots.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I just hated myself. And now I don't, as you can tell, if you ever no, of course I can. look yeah. at my Instagram yeah. account or yeah, my your Facebook. Facebook page, right. yeah. I'm, I'm pretty awful, I will say that. I've gotten, though people have bugged me, so I've kind of toned it down a little bit, but I love looking at myself. And that's <laughs> not something that everybody can say about themselves, no. but I, I can honestly say that. Yeah, yeah. This is me. This is who you get. I'm not going to hide. Mm. I, I serve on a on a the regional healthcare board here for for emergency patient care. Mm-hmm. I am a board member of the Manitoba Running Association, mm-hmm. uh, executive board member. Uh, I'm uh, I go do uh, uh, classes for one of the colleges here for their nursing program mm-hmm. uh, on. Trans Interesting. And uh, all that stuff. I occasionally get calls from school counselors mm-hmm. when they have issues with, with kids or parents.
0: Now, is that because uh, you're, you're known in the community or how, how do they know
1: to reach out uh, to you? Some through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Some through uh, connections that I've made through uh, uh, some of the... the, the uh, speeches that I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of the classes that I've done, some of the guest speaker appearances that I've done. Like, I, I if someone asks me to do that, I yeah. have no problem. I will. Right. I am very proud of my life. I've gone through hell to get here. As I said, I just... I. The, the opportunity to help educate when I can mm-hmm. so that I don't go out of my way and I don't advertise that I, that I am the way that I am. Yeah. But I do, I do try to help out when I can.
0: Sure. And that somebody knows you and they know that you might be a good connection for somebody that has some questions or met, yeah. needs a mentor or anything like that. I mean, ha- have you done any of that sort of thing? mentor? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah. I, I have. Um. I've been, I've helped out and I've helped out uh, some parents, I've helped mm-hmm. out kids, I've helped out uh, some young adults, I've helped out uh, some older people that mm-hmm. have started the process to transitioning. Now, if anybody but, wants
0: to reach out to you and they have questions, can they do that through Facebook, just messaging you on there? Yeah, their? just okay.
1: message me, or okay. through you, yeah. or whatever, you know how to get a hold of me. Yeah, uh, My Facebook account is... Uh, just for friends mm-hmm. because I, I don't like the hate and yeah. I I've seen that happen to a lot of people and mm-hmm. because some people are ignorant and yeah. I just rather not deal with it
2: mm-hmm.
1: now whether it's it's uh, because they don't like trans people or, or afraid of trans people or the other reason you'd be surprised how sick some people yeah. are yeah. um uh but yeah no I if they send me a message it goes into my uh filtered box and i'll check it every once in a while so there's no problem there they can search me out that way yeah. or i have an instagram account that is public they can look me up on there okay. as well well you
0: give me all those details and i'll include all yeah. that in the show notes and
1: absolutely people will know uh,
0: how to reach you i think now one thing we haven't touched on that i'm feeling like we would be really remiss because it was a big deal like for me you know, um, seeing you before or getting to know you before and then, and then, you know, going through the transition and then you, just, you, you were very public about, um, going for the surgery and yes, what, what made you decide to be as public as you were about it?
1: Uh, uh, a teaching moment. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I have all, like, since I started running, I cannot believe how public I am, as I said, it. Nothing scares me. I,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I kind of used, figured it might be good as an educational tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I, I went for the surgery because I wanted to correct the one thing on me that didn't match, didn't right. fit. Yeah. Uh, so, and I felt that you know what, it's not such a terrible thing to have that done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just like. I use the example, me, I'm getting that fixed. So I match my, match the rest of my body is just like someone to go get, um, oh God, uh, a valve. I know and some people will look at this and go, that's the same thing. But uh, go get a valve fixed on, on, uh, on, in their heart. But
0: that's how you feel about it. That's, that's how I feel and about that's it. that's what's important because it was your decision exactly. to do, right? And it's your Correct. body. So Correct. That's what it was for you. So it yep. doesn't matter what they think because it's not them.
1: <laughs> exactly. And and I've came to that conclusion very quickly once I transitioned. I yeah. don't care what people think anymore. You know, they can think what they want. Yeah. If they don't want to talk to me or they want to drop me as a friend or mm-hmm. whatever, that's their prerogative. It's their loss. It's not mine.
0: Yeah, I, I just also have to remark on, you know, witnessing the process where you were like, oh, I'm done with dating, blah, blah. You know, you went through a lot of hard times, right? And, I did. and then you found this guy and you know people like they go the whole life long and they don't find a relationship like you know what i'm saying so what was what was it do you think that made that all
1: happen for you i i don't know it is oh my god uh i was a guest speaker at uh for uh, a group of women, well-to-do women that go out and have fun, called the Goddesses, mm. and
0: uh, you were a guest the, speaker uh, for them. Yeah, oh. I was a guest
1: speaker for them, oh. and uh, the lead. We'll call her the lead guard goddess, head goddess is mm-hmm. actually, uh, you may know who she is, you may not, mm-hmm. uh, Marine Skirfield. She is Miss Lonely Hearts. Okay. She does the column up here in Canada. I don't uh-huh. know if she's syndicated down in the States, but she's, she's like Dear Abby.
0: Okay. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. So she runs this goddess class where uh-huh. they go out and do funky stuff, like they'll do skydiving or whatever, things that most people don't normally get the chance to do. Mm-hmm. So this is all for women over 40.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they had one... Um, I was asked to go do a guest speak. And uh, I did. And What did you talk behold, about? What was your speech about? It was about my situation, what I went through. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. being trans, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, And lo and behold... I, I gave my spiel, whatever. Uh, this guy walks into the room. He was known by he, one of the people that was there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he was he he came and they had him there speaking on a different subject, and uh, they kind of combined a few things. But anyway, so he was one of the guest speakers as well, mm-hmm. and he walks in the door, and I'm like going. Oh my God! This guy's hot, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh wow!
0: You didn't want to and look I'm at him
1: because like, he oh, the no, obvious. Oh no! I stared at him left right. Right. Oh, you Santa. stared all oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, I was pretty bad. <laughs> like, I was at the point that I was going to offer to drive this guy home.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: that's that's how enthralled I was with him. Oh, and so you weren't high In other so, words. <laughs> oh no i wasn't hiding it definitely not and but i knew i had just gotten out the the separation thing had just started i was just in the pro i knew obviously it was not i wasn't ready for a relationship or anything like that and i wasn't ready i was gonna drive him home to find out more about him and that Mm -hmm. was about it Mm -hmm. to be honest Mm -hmm. um and uh but, yeah, he was super cute. Uh, anyway, <laughs> he, uh, he did his spiel. And I was going to offer to drive him home because he took the bus to come to this, this uh, thing. And he lived on the other side of the city. Mm-hmm. And it would have taken him probably about an hour, hour and a half to get home. So didn't want to have any of that. No, no. But one of the girls, one of the ladies that, that uh, was there as part of the class, she beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she drove him home. Uh-oh. So I said, ah, just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Not ready for that anyway. And blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, you know, I wasn't ready for that exactly. Yeah. So that was the least of it. And life went on. I got separated from my from my ex. Uh, divorce proceedings started. Yada yada. I started dating. Uh, tried my time on uh, Match and P O F, which never do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had. tinder even worse <laughs> okay. never 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 uh and didn't yeah. have very good results with that i know. I remember that i remember, mean, I that. Of I remember all days. that yeah. yeah yeah it was it was it was pretty traumatic for me mm-hmm. i had never you got to remember i had went from uh my high school sweetheart we'll call her sweetheart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to uh Dating a guy that didn't end well for a year, Mm -hmm. to going back to dating my high school sweetheart again, and then getting married to her, and that was it. That was my dating experience. I had one other girlfriend, no, two other girlfriends before my high school sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Um, That didn't go so well, but uh, so, but I was playing a persona, right? Mm -hmm. As the guy was expected to date girls. Anyway, but that's, so I didn't really have much experience with dating. So when I got into this POF thing, I was like, oh my God, I, it was traumatic for me. Hmm. I had no clue what I was doing. I was in a totally different realm. <laughs> and sure, I had dated a guy before, but I had lucked out with that one too. Or now, what so is I had
0: POF? I assume it's a dating site, but I do uh,
1: plenty, plenty of fish. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Think another version of Tinder. Okay, okay. <laughs> Not a, not a very good one. More of a pickup site than yeah. anything else. But I didn't really know that. Uh, anyway, so I went through that. I hit, I just I, I swore off of that and I stopped doing all there that stuff. Like a stuff. lot of
0: creepy people on that. Oh yeah. yeah, lots
1: of creepy people. Yeah. People wanting sex. Right. And of course, me being and I didn't hide who I was. Yeah. I advertised who I was because I didn't want people to be surprised. Right. I got lots of interest. Right. I got lots of people asking me out. I had went out on dates and I had an awful lot of solicitation offers.
2: Mm.
1: So it was not something that I wanted, Mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, so I I swore myself off the dating scene and I said, that's it. I guess I'm just going to be single the rest of my life because no one's going to want to date me because Mm -hmm. of who I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, lo and behold, this guy contacts me mm-hmm. out of nowhere on mm-hmm. Facebook. He sends me a message.
0: How long after was and, it? The, after the goddess? Almost a remember?
1: year to a the year? almost A year? He waited a year? A year? <laughs> he had his own issues he okay. had to deal with. Okay. So, uh, he, uh, that was the reason why he was there. I see. He had his own concerns and things he was dealing with, so he got that all figured out, and then he decided to come find me. Hmm. So he found me and uh, we dated for a year
2: Mm.
1: and we got married Yeah, (laughs) almost a year to the date. So almost two years to the date that we met.
0: In that period that you also had the surgery too, right? That you were dating, all that,
1: right? We were dating. I had the surgery uh, the first week of February last year. Mm -hmm. I came home. From Montreal because that's where the only place in Canada yeah. you can get that surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came home from Montreal on February 14th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, who is my husband, yeah. uh, he was watching my house and the cats. Mm-hmm. Our cats, mm-hmm. and he picked me up at the ho- at the, the airport, dressed in a suit mm-hmm. with a wheelchair because I was obviously I just finished major surgery.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, few days before that, and I was definitely not doing good. He had a big bouquet of flowers for me, balloons. He made a big presentation. He picked me up with the the wheelchair. He got a bunch of people to take pictures of us. And he took me home, and it was frigid. It was like minus 30,
0: Mm. lots of
1: snow on the ground. We drive up to the house, and my wonderful boyfriend at the time, my future husband, had decorated our snowy yard at that time. He wasn't living with me with these huge paper hearts oh. and written. I love you all over them and happy Valentine's day. And he, my whole yard was full of these pink, big paper cut out, stabbed into the snow hearts. Wow. I was hired in a kite on pain mm-hmm. <laughs> meds. But I just broke down crying. I was just like, oh, my God. And we continued to date. He moved in in May, or end of April, beginning of May. Gave up his apartment, which was a big step. Like, wow. Uh, He moved in. Um, He proposed to me in May. uh, Just... And then he proposed to me again, officially, in August. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to set a date. Originally, we weren't supposed to get married till March of this year. But we decided that we would, when we went down to the States, when I went to Berkeley last year, he came with me. He flew to Nashville, and I picked him up at the airport there.
0: Oh yeah, you had this great yeah. road trip,
1: didn't you? Yeah, we had an amazing road trip through mm-hmm. the southern states and, and all that stuff. I met a whole bunch of people that I had known online. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to meet you yet, but that'll come. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we just we traveled together. We put ten thousand kilometers on 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 our car, I love and we it. drove from Winnipeg down to Wartburg, Tennessee, where Barkley was. Uh Through well, through North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, Indiana, uh, Ohio, into Kentucky, down to Tennessee. Then I picked up Brad in Nashville after the race he decided that he was going to come down and surprise me. So he let me know and I picked him up at the airport there. And then we went to uh, through Arkansas and to Texas, to New Mexico, to Colorado, to Utah, to Montana, to uh, I know a missing state's in there somewhere, Wyoming, uh, up through Yellowstone, Uh, I know I'm missing a state there somewhere. I can't think of which one it is. Uh, Then back into North Dakota and home. So we did a, yeah, 10,000 kilometers. Mm -hmm. Scared the crap out of both of us. (laughs) Uh, Hit a snowstorm in Yellowstone in September, which was really crazy. Uh, Yeah, I went from hundred plus degrees in Texas and New Mexico mm-hmm. up to below zero in Utah and right. snow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. It was just, it was, it was a dream trip. It really yeah. was. Yeah. Good, so. We decided we would get married.
0: So on November. the trip. You just like, okay, that's enough. We're not waiting until March.
1: This is it. Yeah. Yeah. In Manitoba. they do things called a social here, which mm-hmm. is a, like a fundraiser to help with paying for the wedding. so we decided screw it we're gonna not only have the social we're gonna get married at the social Mm -hmm. so we did yeah you
0: did and you're going off on your honeymoon soon right
1: yes yeah next week
0: (laughs) perfect timing minus 40 etc
1: right minus 40 here with the wind chill so i'll be very happy to get to the bahamas next week oh so wonderful i'll be looking forward to
0: all the photos there just, oh, yeah. <laughs> armchair traveling with you then
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's gonna be awesome yeah but yeah no it, it's been a whirlwind for me for the last three years yeah. i just uh, did I, you
0: ever imagine yeah. that it could be as great as it is like i mean you know <laughs> did you ever have like a dream that the life that you have now that you could have this life
1: not in my wildest dreams did I ever think that this would happen. I just have been flabbergasted at how this has all turned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, oh, just blows me away. I had my both my parents walk me down the aisle mm-hmm. at my wedding. Mm-hmm. I got to wear the most gorgeous wedding dress I've beautiful. ever seen. Uh, I was just, I was marrying the most amazing and hottest and Cutest <laughs> man I've ever met.
0: He's a great cook, etc., etc. Et <laughs> he spoils
1: <Yeah>. you. He <laughs> spoils you things. me to death. And I yeah. just, it just blows me away. Yeah. Like I never ever thought that I would get married to a six foot, 200 pound man with dark hair and dark skin and <laughs> has an awesome beard. I just love facial hair. <laughs> Not on me, but yeah. I do love facial hair. <laughs> right. Uh, and yeah no I just it just blows me away I've 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 been so lucky and oh just the friends that I've gained through all this and
0: you seem to be quite comfortable in the public eye now right are you and how does he deal with that and is he
1: he laughs at me (laughs) He thinks that's funny. He he supports the hell out of me, and it amazes me. He's not a runner. That uh-huh. run that we did, yeah, that is the. First I know. Thing he's I was like, "This is ran. great.
0: He's running. This is
1: great." Yeah, yeah, he did that because he wants to support me. Okay. Love he it. says he's never doing it again. He's not. He will <laughs> set up a chair at our at my events yeah. and he'll sit there with a beer and he'll okay. cheer me on every time I go by yeah. and he will be ready at the end with a big dinner because uh-huh. he knows I'll be hungry by that point <laughs> yeah. as well, he, he but that's the extent of it okay. and he will come along to every and he'll go to every one of my events and cheer me on if he can yeah but he will never run again
0: <laughs> if you believe that
1: He'll leave that up to me,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. you have the best crew ever, right exactly that works you know
1: but yeah yeah he is so supportive he's he doesn't he's he's kind of a private person,
0: yeah, well that's yeah, I'm curious about that that's how does that work because you know you're pretty transparent, you know
1: you're yeah, he just lets me do what I want to do okay. <laughs> I don't know he 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 is He's fascinated by all this. Yeah. Because he, he's not used to the attention at all. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He thinks it's funny. He laughs at me all the time. Yeah. He says, oh, just take a selfie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you catch him doing any selfies, too? Yes, I have.
1: <laughs> or he'll, like, his thing is the food thing, as you uh, know, with all my posts with right, the food. Right, right. He will make me take a photo of, of every meal so it gets posted.
0: Yeah. And he'll
1: set up the plate. And uh, if you notice in every one of the food pictures when yep. we're at home, yep. you'll see those the salt and pepper shakers of me and him oh, yeah. in, in every photo. That's him. He put right. he, he sets the table up how exactly how it wants it. And he goes, okay, now I want you to take a picture from above at this angle so we can show this off. And uh-huh. he's very detail orientated.
0: Right, 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 right. It's It's hilarious.
1: He gets a kick out of it all. Yeah.
0: Well it's great. It's great seeing all this great food that you get to eat too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I just wish he would let me cook every once in a while, but he doesn't.
0: Do you really? You really wanna you wanna
1: cook? I love to cook. You do? I do. I enjoy it immensely. Uh But he does more. So I love to see him happy, and that's his happy place, Aww. is in the kitchen. So well, I he just... loves
0: to see you happy, too, right? So
1: Yeah, but it, it's funny, because the only thing he'll allow me to make is pancakes. <laughs> and okay. uh, what's the other thing? There's one other thing he'll let me make. Uh, crap, I can't think of what it is right now. But anyway, there's one other item, and because he says, every time you cook... I end up with a hair in my food. <laughs> and it's like you're so full of shit. It's yeah, unbelievable.
0: Good.
1: But just, It's like he's got a stockpile of my hair somewhere. Some excuse he'll, he'll right? one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: But he he's so funny. He's he's just he's he's adorable and he just he makes me smile every day and he makes me so happy oh. and I just I I honestly don't know what I'd do without him right now. Yeah. So He's my he's my lifeline. He's uh, he's everything to me. So yeah. it's just awesome. It is
0: awesome. It. it is awesome.
1: I could never I could never be happy. And my parents love him to death. oh Like I took him to meet my parents. Mm-hmm. To Cole Lake. we drove out there. He was really nervous. But he cooked them supper.
0: <laughs> well, hey, he, well, he that, will, that will win him over.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He brought fish with us we like he's from northern manitoba uh-huh. he's actually aboriginal oh. uh, or Métis, actually Métis, yeah, yeah and uh he we brought pickerel with us mm-hmm. and he made bannock mm. and uh he pan fried northern manitoba style oh, so uh, pickerel good. up for my parents oh. and all oh. the fixings mm-hmm. and, mm. yeah <sighs> funniest story ever and this one you'll laugh at mm-hmm. is uh My mom makes an amazing raspberry homemade jam. Mm. And usually when I go out there to visit, she'll send me back with a small jar because it's her treasured stuff. She loves it so much. Mm -hmm. Well, when we went up to go visit them, Mm -hmm. my mom snuck Brad two huge bottles of raspberry (laughs) jam to send back with us. And she did not tell me and he did not tell me. (laughs) I found out when we got back when I unpacked. What the hell is this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he really won her over. Right?
1: Oh yeah, I just I don't know what. Well, I know what he did because he's such a sweetheart that he just yeah. yeah. He's just uh, anyway. I yeah. just it just that story still. I I I have to tell everybody that yeah. story.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So you still got the jam? You still eat the jam? Or oh no, long gone? long gone. Long long gone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she brought a she brought another couple jars for the wedding.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice, right? great yeah That's
1: just,
0: just wow yeah amazing <laughs> yeah okay well i know it's getting pretty late for you now you got work in the morning and it's getting to be like pretty late for me too but yeah really, no problem oh gonna... yeah
1: you're later than i am yeah.
0: i think so <laughs> yeah an hour but uh it's been really great talking to you and i really appreciate um yeah how open you were and present and how much you shared and how deeply you shared here so Of course, anytime. You so yeah, you know, and I think, you know, the more of us, it's, it doesn't matter, like, you know, whatever we are, whoever we are in, you know, in our complexity, right, um, so few of us, whether we're going through a gender thing or something else, we just, we don't, ha- you know, I think you can inspire people just to be who they are, whatever they're facing or whatever they feel other people might might not accept about them, right? So, yeah. You know, yay you. Yay well yay. my yeah. rule
1: of thumb is why would you want to be anybody else but yourself? Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. So yeah I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, what could you do? You are who you are. You might as well like it, right?
1: Exactly. Why be unhappy, right? Yeah. Isn't it always better? And it always, everybody says that it's better to, it takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. So why not smile? Why not? (laughs) It takes some selfies too while you're at it. (laughs) Exactly. Enjoy life. Yeah, you know. Life is too short to not enjoy it yeah it took me 44 years to figure that out yeah well
0: i think you're doing a great job of leaving that joy-based life and then allowing others to to do that too just by example you know i hope too yeah thank you for listening to episode 13 of leaders call to adventure for show notes go to my website www.leaderscalltoadventure.com forward slash 13 that's number 13 and please stay tuned for part two of this interview with Bobby Nicol Cote where I ask her now that you're not running away from anything are you still running and if so where?